This is The Space Shot, episode 333 for April 12th, 2018. Vostok 1 and STS 1. I'm John Molnix. Apologies for sounding a little bit rough today. My allergies are in full effect this spring. On April 12th, 1961, Yuri Gagarin became the first human to enter space and the first to orbit Earth. Vostok 1's mission lasted for 108 minutes, and Gagarin and his capsule completed one orbit of Earth. In the book Challenge to Apollo, Asef Siddiqui details the events leading up to Vostok 1 and the launch itself. If you've never read this book, I highly recommend it. The details and insights are unparalleled if you're interested in Soviet space history from the end of World War II up to the 1970s. The success of Gagarin's flight is undeniable, and his place in the history books is secure. The success of the R-7 rocket wasn't undeniable at this point in history. Siddiqui sums up the risk of this flight succinctly in his chapter on Gagarin. I'm also linking to an article he wrote that details more of the perils of this mission, so be sure to check out these two links that are up first in the show notes. Up to that time, there had been 16 launches of the R-7 with the third stage combination, which was used to send Gagarin to orbit. Of those 16 launches, 6 had failed because of faults in the R-7, while 2 had failed because of the third stage. That is a success ratio of exactly 50%. In the case of the 7 Vostok spacecraft flown, Two spacecraft had failed to reach orbit because of booster malfunctions, while two others had failed to complete their missions. For an endeavor that theoretically required a 100% guarantee of success, if the past record was any indication, the potential for an accident was significant on Gagarin's mission. Thankfully, his flight was successful, and Yuri experienced the wonders of weightlessness and seeing Earth from space for the first time. He ate took notes, and operated the spacecraft systems during his time in orbit. Things were progressing nominally until just after the retro rockets fired for re-entry. A tumbling motion, about 30 degrees per second, put Yuri into an uncontrolled spin. The spherical descent module didn't separate from the instrument section of the spacecraft as planned. Eventually, the two parts of the spacecraft did separate as they were supposed to, allowing the capsule and Yuri to return to Earth. Unlike other spacecraft, cosmonauts would eject from their Vostok capsules before landing. A hatch opened on the side of the spacecraft, and seconds later, the cosmonaut, still in their seat, was ejected out and would land by parachute. The capsule landed harder than was survivable, which was why cosmonauts had to bail out of the spacecraft. Yuri landed in a field, and after walking a bit, he saw a woman who helped him find a telephone so he could call back that he was okay. Yuri toured the world on Goodwill Tours and even met Jiminy Four astronauts at the Paris International Air Show in June of 1965. Sadly, Yuri never flew in space again, and he died in a plane crash when his MiG-15 trainer jet went down. He, along with 13 others lost in the pursuit of space flight, are memorialized on a plaque that was left behind by Apollo 15 astronauts. They also left behind the small aluminum fallen astronaut on the moon, signifying all of those that gave their life in the exploration of space. 
Now it's time for some shuttle history. On April 12th, 1981, 20 years after Yuri's historic flight, John Young and Robert Crippen lifted off into the history books as the first crew of the space shuttle program. The shuttle Columbia lifted off just seconds after 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time from Pad 39A. Their mission was the first time that astronauts had flown on a launch vehicle that hadn't previously been tested. The shuttle stack, which was the orbiter, the solid rocket boosters, and external tank, were all flying together for the first time. Commander John Young, a Jiminy and Apollo veteran, and rookie astronaut Robert Crippen spent two days in space testing orbiter systems and demonstrating a, quote, safe launch into orbit and return to landing of Columbia and its crew. During the liftoff, the water sound suppression system on the launch pad didn't fully dampen the effects of the massive SRBs. The overpressure wave that those engines created damaged tiles on the orbiter with 16 lost and 148 damaged. Luckily, these tiles weren't in critical areas on the orbiter, so their loss didn't pose a threat to the crew's safety or to the success of the mission. Young and Crippen landed at Edwards Air Force Base on April 14th, having completed the first flight of the shuttle program. If you'd like to know more about John Young, check out episode 241. I talked about his legacy in that episode. I've got one last note for today. STS-51D launched on April 12th, 1985. It was the first time a sitting politician flew into space, with Utah Senator Jake Garn acting as a payload specialist. He's the namesake for the unofficial Garn Scale, which refers to how much space sickness someone experiences during a flight. If you're experiencing one Garn, you're not feeling very well at all. Talk about one heck of a thing to be remembered by. I hope all of you have a fantastic rest of your day. I appreciate each and every one of you that listen to the podcast every day. I'd be incredibly grateful if you could share the podcast with your friends and family. Tag one of them and let them know about your favorite episode. I'd also really appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for The Space Shot. A steady stream of reviews helps ensure the Space Shot is more visible in the Apple Podcasts app. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search the Space Shot or check out the links in the show notes and you'll find me. I'm John Molnix and I'll catch you on the flip side.